Welcome to Fire and Soul. I'm your host, Michelle Sorrow, former TV retail host turned digital CEO of a seven-figure coaching and training business. Fire and Soul is a weekly dose of personal and professional principles to help you take inspired action from an awakened soul for epically aligned results. I share real talks with global game changers, thought leaders, and high-performance experts in this unfiltered and transformational podcast. I believe the universe rewards the brave and that I'm here to awaken you to your infinite potential with less hustle, grit and grind, more ease, grace, and flow. You ready? Let's get started. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to Fire and Soul. I am super excited to have my dream guest here today, Miss Emily Williams. By the way, I have a special story to share with you about when I first saw Emily and then how it came full circle back in May of 2021. But first and foremost, welcome to the show, Emily. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited that you are here. This feels like one of those pinch me full body chills moments because I, I, as I shared with you, when I met you in May up in Santa Barbara, Montecito area, as you put together our dear friend Marla's uh, 50th birthday party, which is just so beautiful. And I said, oh my gosh, Emily Williams. I remember when I was first waking up to the realization that I was here to help others wake up to their infinite potential and help them get something started. But I didn't even know where to begin for myself. I started doing the Googling and you just showed up everywhere for me. And I just remember being so inspired and so impressed because you were very young, like in my world and you were just doing it. And I was like, okay, so if she can do it, I can do it. Like you were the first person in all of my online searching. Once I realized I was supposed to do it, that showed me that it was possible to do this as well. So I just wanted to share that with you also in front of my listeners. And thank you for for being the bar that you continue to raise for me that's just continuing to be inspiring. Oh, that means so much, Michelle. When you shared that with me in person, I was so touched because I was, and in some ways still am, in the midst of a big transition. And so, you know, sometimes those transitions are really challenging and it helps so much to hear that you've impacted somebody's life and that there are people who are watching and paying attention and it's working. You know what? Thank you for saying that because what I always say is like, don't get caught up in those who aren't engaging who or who haven't invested with you yet because you never know who you're impacting. And if we're truly here to serve and to make that deep lasting impact, it doesn't always mean there's a monetary exchange. It's like there's a different kind of an ROI. And I, I love that you can see that like, while I haven't ever personally invested in one of your programs, I'm sure I will at some point in my future. I hope to, is you still inspired me to get off my imposter syndrome pedestal and to get into action and just start. And so I want to quickly though, take it back just so my, my listeners have a sense of who this magical woman is in my life, uh, a very brief bio. And then if there's anything that I left out or that you feel is important, then I'd love for you to add. So Miss Emily Williams is a success coach, entrepreneur, and author with a seven figure business who at one point couldn't get a job at Starbucks. 
After experiencing a quarter-life crisis, she moved from Ohio to London, where she knew no one, and in 2014 launched her business, I Heart My Life. She made $442 in her first year and then went on to hit six figures in six months before her 30th birthday. Wow. And she grew it to seven figures in just under 18 months. By the way, I'll also add, that's where you met the love of your life, your now husband, while you were in London knowing no one. Hmm. Today, she works with female entrepreneurs all over the world, helping them bust through the obstacles that hold their dreams and goals hostage so they can free themselves to live the lives they want. Did I miss anything? Is there anything else you'd like to add? That's pretty good stuff there. It's good. Yeah, I love hearing that. I've done a lot. Nice to hear like, wow, yeah, that has happened because sometimes we get so caught up in what's next or the next dangling carrot or next bar we need to reach. It's so easy, right, to compare ourselves to others or where we think we should be in the scheme of life. But we can just look back and appreciate, wow, all that's happened in just eight years. Yes, it's amazing. Thank you. So when you started the 442 bucks, I mean, what did you start with? What did that look like? And who was like a mentor or a coach in your life? Or did you have one at that point? Like walk us through that actual transition of I'm supposed to do this. That's why the Starbucks job didn't work out. But I don't know where to begin or even know anyone where I've decided to move to. I mean, talk about, you know, a full on awakening. Yeah. I mean, for me, the plan was always to get a degree in psychology, which I did, and then go to mass, go to get my master's in counseling psychology. So I actually applied to 12 different schools around the United States, got into almost all of them, decided to go to Northwestern and was literally driving there from Ohio to Chicago and had this feeling in the pit of my stomach, like that was not the right next step. And I turned the car around, went back to Ohio and entered into a full-blown quarter-life crisis. Okay, so that right there is what most people are afraid to listen to. The little voice that as you're driving to the dream college, right? Which you had your choose, your choice, you got to choose. But you actually listened and turned the car around. Were you scared? Did you second guess? Or was it like just this inner knowing that I don't know what this means yet, but I'm supposed to turn my car around and go that way. Can you walk us through that moment? Yeah, I was definitely scared. And I even tried, like my mom was driving the car and I tried to hide my tears under my big sunglasses because I didn't want her to see. And luckily she asked me what was wrong and she was understanding and she turned Mm -hmm. that car around and Mm -hmm. just had to trust my instincts, which, you know, looking back, it's amazing that she did that. And yes, I was scared. Yes, I had no idea what I was doing, but I just had this inner knowing that like you said, that I had to trust that and I had to follow it and just pull at that thread and see what it meant. And what's so cool about that is that you're literally like walking your talk, right? When we talk about helping women bust through the obstacles that hold their dreams and goals hostage, some of those obstacles could be, but like, no, you've got to get a master's. You've got to also have Northwestern on your resume and that's going to set you up for life. And what are you doing? You're going to the unknown. You're going to be an entrepreneur. Do you even all these stories, right? all the BS excuses. And yet you didn't let any of those obstacles hold you hostage from following the nudge that pulled you forward. That is so badass. 
Yeah. And I wanted to start with that because we at my companies, we talk about creating a life better than your dreams. Mm -hmm. And my mind was like, this is crazy. You know, you have everything lined up for you. You've mapped this out. But my heart knew that there was a bigger purpose for me. And I do feel like, you know, our mind can only take us so far and that there is so much more potential and so much more available for us than even we, we are aware of today. So I think I know where you're going with this, but when you say our mind can only take us so far, so what would be an alternative than the mind? So I think it's listening to those like full body responses and those inner whispers and knowings, as we just said. And sometimes that comes to the surface through emotion and through feelings. So that's why heart is such a big part of my work, because I feel like our heart is this internal guidance system. And yet we let the mind take over and we go into fear and doubt and insecurity and all of those thoughts. And then we don't actually take action or we don't show up. But if you can learn to trust those gut instincts and that that intuition, that's where the possibility lies. I love it. This is, you're speaking the love language of fire and soul right here. We talk all the time about getting out of our head and dropping into our body because the body will tell us everything we need to know if we're willing to listen. But I have a question that so many people ask me about, and I'm curious yours since you have a degree in psychology and this is your life's work. And we'll get back to how you started at the, at your quarter life crisis. But so how do how would you recommend people start to understand a distinction between a gut instinct and just plain old fear? This is like a common question and everybody's got a slightly different answer. I'm curious what yours is. So I always ask myself like what is the goal here? And if my gut instinct is going to get me closer to the goal and it's an expansive gut instinct, then awesome. That's my gut instinct, that's my intuition. And if it's something that's restrictive, and when I look at it, it's like, it's going to hold me back if I go this direction or I make this decision, then I know that it's fear-based because mm -hmm. desire is always for more life. So if this thing that I'm feeling is going to restrict me or hold me back, that's not for more life. Oh, I love that. And that that's, that's it. And, and by the way, it's like you have been listening to our show and repeating verbatim because this is how I knew we were soul sisters, because we talk about that all the time. The barometer is only two things. It's like, does it for every question that we get asked in life, do you want to go to lunch? Hmm, does that feel expansive and give me more life? Or does it feel restrictive and tight and tense? And like, I'd only do it out of obligation or fear or guilt. And so that usually comes in this confine of certainty and known right? And like it's familiar versus being brave enough to go into the unknown, despite the fact that it looks all expansive and free. It's like, it can still feel scary to go into the unknown, but it's where all the reward is. Would you agree? Yeah. And I think the more we practice this, like the more trust we'll be able to have with ourselves. And the reason I started with that story is because I feel like that was such a pivotal moment for me of just learning to trust my gut instincts. And, you know, some of us, we don't practice that enough. And so it's really hard to decipher between the fear and the gut instinct. But the more, like Marie Forleo says, clarity comes from engagement, not from thinking about it. The more you engage in your life and start to test things out, you'll be able to see what is fear and what is actually the truth. So true. I love that you said that. I have not been a student of Marie Forleo's, but I imagine I would love everything she teaches because the best people come through some of her trainings. So you turn the car around or mom does. Thanks, mom. And then what's next? Do you hire a coach? Do you do you know what you want to do? Like, what does that piece look like? Because that's the part where most people are like, I don't have it all figured out. Therefore, it's too confusing and overwhelming. Why even try? Just go back to what feels familiar. 
Yeah. I mean, so this is where Starbucks kind of comes into the story. I had no (laughs) idea what I wanted to do. And so I moved back home with my parents and I was just testing out the waters. I applied to Starbucks three times, finally got the job. I also worked as a babysitter and a nanny and I worked in a hospital. So I did a bunch of random things. And then about a year or so later, I started to listen to, again, that inner whisper. And it was telling me to move to London, England. And that was really random. I lived in Ohio. No one in my family has ever left Ohio. But I had been to London previously and just had this knowing that I was meant to live there. I kind of was like, you know what? My heart got me into this mess. I'm just going to keep listening to it because it must be trying to tell me something. Love that. My heart got me into this message. (laughs) Yeah, message. Yeah, I love that. Oh, I love this. Okay, so what do your parents think when you're like, okay, I I have a job at Starbucks. I'm not going to Northwestern. And you know what? I don't even know why, but I'm going to go to London. I'm going to move, not just go visit, move. Well, it's really interesting you ask that because I remember being at Starbucks one morning, I had the opening shift and I had to be there at like five or something. And my dad drove through the drive through and he doesn't drink coffee. And so I knew that he was just there to see me. And I remember feeling so ashamed because he had spent so much money investing in my education. And now I was here working at Starbucks and there's nothing wrong with working at Starbucks, but it wasn't part of like the vision. It wasn't part of what I thought of when my parents told me I could do anything I wanted to with my life, right? They've always believed in me. And so I wanted to make them proud. I wanted to be happy. They saw me so unhappy. I was living with them. So they were like, okay, if this is going to make you happy, if this is going to get you back on your feet, like, let's do it. And I know from conversations with them now, it was a very strange thing (laughs) and hard for that to see, you know, their daughter move around the world, but ultimately they wanted me to be happy. And so I actually applied for a master's in nonfiction writing because that was the only way I could get a student visa and go to the UK. And I'd always wanted to write a book. So it sounds really random. But again, I was just following those instincts that I knew were, well, I hoped were leading me in the right direction. And so I moved to the UK in August 2010, didn't know anyone like you read earlier and just kind of kicked off my life there. Wow. Okay. So when you say kicked off your life, I mean, you really did. You're like new city, new country, no known anything, except that you were going to follow your heart. And so what does it look like? Do you get into that program? Do you get a job? I mean, I know you don't launch your business for four more years, but but walk us through that part. Because again, these little things right here, people look back like easy for you to say, but we want to know how the sausage is made over here at Fire and Soul. Oh, I'm the same. So for me, I didn't know how to make friends. And so I wasn't going to go up to women in a bar and be like, will you be my friend? So (laughs) I threw myself into the world of online dating because I knew I wanted to find love. I wanted to like kind of tick that off the list for lack of a better phrase. So I was doing that. I was also working as a nanny for this amazing American family. And I was going to this clinic called the Happiness Center because I realized one of my issues was that I did not know how to be happy. And so I started working with this happiness coach. And she was the first person to tell me that I didn't have to believe my mind and that I could transform my thoughts. And like, this was a huge deal. I had just been through four years of schooling for psychology and no one had ever explained it to me in the way that she did. Mm 
And so that for me was a huge awakening. And so I started to pay attention to mindset and the law of attraction and a gratitude practice. Mm. Lo and behold, I started to be happier. I attracted (laughs) my husband. All these things started to happen. And so I saw firsthand the power of the work that you and I both do now and got a taste for what coaching actually was. Mm. Who was your happiness coach? Remember uh, her name? Alexis. And it's funny, we were just in the UK and we walked by the center that I used to go to. And I was like, oh, I should reach out to her. I found her on LinkedIn. So I'm definitely going to message her because she comes up a lot. Exactly. That's what I was thinking right now is that these angels get put into our into our path sometimes. And oftentimes we don't know it in the moment, but we can look back right with the benefit of hindsight. And I just thought, wow, she was planted in your path to wake you up to your infinite potential so that you can help others wake up to theirs. All these interconnected points with following the whisper, following your heart, opening your heart. Like it's a really beautiful theme that of course makes sense with your first company, I Heart My Life. Okay. But before we get into the two companies that are now open for business and that you're in the middle of, uh, you know, launching and rebranding and continuing to innovate as your greatest yet to be, when do you start coaching? I mean, when does that start to take form? You fall in love, you get married, which by the way, I've met your husband and he's just an incredible purposeful partner. As far as I can observe, uh, He's a a soulful, beautiful, supportive man. I mean, it's just, I'll just leave it there. So cool that you have found that and got to check it off. I'm still working on that one. So when do you decide that you're going to like, I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to help others experience happiness. I mean, where does it start? The same thing that happened for you happened for me. So basically I'm your sort of inspiration and Marie Forleo was mine. And I found her in April, 2013. And that was like a big awareness around, oh my gosh, she's doing amazing things. Like what a cool company. She's working with women. She's being inspirational. And so I saw myself in her. And a few months later, I had the idea for I Heart My Life because I realized for five years, I did not love my life. (laughs) And I wanted to help other people get clear on their purpose and find joy and happiness. And so it was all about, you know, I Heart My Life, women loving themselves and their lives. And so I launched that company in the fall of 2014. And I had no idea what I was doing. You asked me about who my first mentors were. Definitely Marie Forleo. I was in B-School. And I also worked with a woman named Gina DeVee. And my husband actually lent me his credit card so I could start working with her. Because when I started my company, I was $30,000 in credit card debt and $90,000 in student loan debt. So I had no money. So James, who was only making about 35 grand a year, lent me $7,500 to be a part of this program. Wow. There you go too, right? Investing when you didn't think you could afford it. Exactly. And that is my life this year, girl. I mean, I might've overinvested a bit, but just saying it's, but everything else just continues to level up. That's what I, I find. I mean, it's just, you know, you, you get what you give and as much skin in the game as you are willing to play, that's how much can come back times 10, right? And not always. Life is a little funky these days with algorithms and ads and all kinds of things going on, but I'm here for all of it. Okay. So you launch a course all around. I heart my life. That's basically helping them find purpose and alignment and joy and happiness. How beautiful. Do you remember those days when it was just so simple? (laughs) And ads were like 80 cents a lead. Well, I didn't actually start running ads until this year. Okay. 
Because my business is still fairly new. It's just a few years old. But but yes, I've heard about those good old days. Now it's like the wild, wild west. Like we just did a launch, FYI, just a little segue. I don't even think my audience knows. And I think we invested 13.5 in ads. So 13,500 in ads. And we didn't get a single conversion. Wow. Now that's bad. That is really bad. My ads account got permanently deactivated in the middle of that campaign. I mean, it was just wild. We've since got it reactivated. They're like, sorry, you're bad. But like that didn't. Anyway, I can't understand any of it. I am trying to remove myself from trying to understand it because I don't want to know. I just know that I want to get back into the flow. But speaking of, so your first month in business, you make 442, but within six months, and this is where I resonate. Mine was not six months. It was almost nine. But within nine months, I also hit my first six figures and it was organic, right? I didn't know about ads. I didn't, I didn't know that kind of stuff back then. I also didn't know that that's kind of unheard of, but it is. So, and you're doing it so young. I mean, did you ever think you would make that kind of money doing what you felt you were supposed to be doing on your own terms, living in London? I mean, what did it feel like to see that first six figures hit your bank account and choosing this path of the unknown and seeing that happen so quickly? I always wanted to hit six figures before my 30th birthday. And I did it, you know, much earlier than that. And that was just like all I knew. My my dad is really successful. He's made way more money than that. But when it came to women and other people I was seeing be successful, I had this benchmark of six figures. But I remember Gina, my early coach or my coach in the early days, she told me that I could make my annual income of $30,000 as a matchmaker, which is what I was doing in London, I could make that in one month as a coach. And I remember hearing that back before I even did it. And I was like, you know what? That's crazy. I don't know anyone making 30 grand a month, but I really like the sound of that. And I'm going to give it a shot. And, you know, she was doing it. So it wasn't that I didn't know anyone, but I had that in my mind that this was possible. And even before I saw it in myself, I saw it in others. Even though I didn't feel like there were people my age doing it, I knew that it was possible. And so I just started to believe and kind of adopt her belief in me. And there was even a point where she contacted me about six months. It was around the six month mark when I literally just hit six figures. And she said, well, I'm launching this program to help get people like you to seven figures. I think you should invest in it. And I was like, what are you talking about? I literally just hit six figures. There's no way I can hit seven figures. And this program, by the way, was $120,000 to take part in it. And I was like, okay, and (laughs) this is really scary, but she must see something in me that I don't see in myself. And I trusted her enough to even have the conversation and then have a conversation with James. And to my surprise, he wasn't scared. He was like, okay, well, I've seen what you've done in a short period of time with this one investment. Think about what you can do if you go all in on the next one. So that month I hustled and I actually brought in $85,000 and I hit seven figures in my first 18 months. And so- I share that because mentors are obviously so pivotal to what we do because they see something in us that we don't necessarily see in ourselves. That's right. Show us the path. Wow. That's an inspiring story. I actually didn't know that story. And I don't think I remembered that you work with Gina DeVee. She's been on the show last year. She was promoting uh, the audacity to be queen, her fabulous book. And then I'm in a mastermind right now with a woman who was in Gina's high-end mastermind for years. Do you know Kate Taylor? No, I don't actually. She's a stylist. Okay. Um, you would love her. Anyway, um, she was also in the in the top tier 
Gina DeV, whatever, I don't know what it's called now, um, up until last year and was with her for about five years, but also credits her. Gina, here's a shout out for you to a lot of success in that mentorship. But I love that you're talking about this because a true mentor will see something in you that you don't see in yourself. But the true proof of concept is going to be whether or not you did it, right? Because anybody could call themselves a mentor and say, oh yeah, invest 120K in my program. But there was something about Gina that you trusted and you believed in, and you also more importantly believed in yourself. Let me know if you agree with this. For me, I just need to see sometimes that someone can do it or that it's being done. Like when I saw your ads floating around back in 2018, actually, I didn't know how the sausage was made, so to speak. I didn't know what went into it. I didn't know how long you've been doing it. I just knew you were doing it. And my brain works with like, if I can see that they're doing it, I can figure it out and I can do it too. You too? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's that piece around it's possible and you know that they're human. And so (laughs) they can do, you can do it too. They're just human. Yeah. Yeah. See, I love that so much because I think a lot of people, it's very easy for them to say, oh yeah, you know, it was easy for you. And it's like, it wasn't any easier for me or you to do the differences that we did it. Exactly. There are things that we have, you know, privileges around and, you know, there are certain things that maybe have made it easier for us, but that doesn't mean that the journey was without struggle and without doubt and fear and all the stuff. It doesn't mean that we haven't worked our booties off to make it happen. And I love that. Like so often, you know, in the beginning of building the business, we hosted events really quickly, really early on, and we did them in luxury locations, which we still do. And I remember having students tell me, oh, you know, I I never thought I could go from the U.S. to Europe. And I never thought like I could be in Paris or London and have these experiences. And it's so interesting how we count ourselves out that we're not able to do it. And I'm like, what do you think? Or do you think it's just like princes and princesses walking around Paris? Like this is available for you, too. If other people are doing it, you can do it, too. Yeah, no, for sure. And because I was raised actually the opposite of how you were with, I think my dad earned $35,000 a year as I was growing up. I never felt poor because we were so well-loved and so well taken care of on an emotional level. I knew that there was a very, very tight budget, but my mom worked too, and she was very resourceful. And, And so I never saw those experiences as anything that would be possible for me. And then I started to like, realize, wait, I could like go to a five-star hotel, but just have a nice tea and soak up the energy and the vibe and see how I feel. And it turned out I felt very at home. (laughs) And so then I just made it be part of my life. And that is one of the ways in which I part my life. Emily, like, I don't know if you ever catch me on social, but virtually every single weekend, I'm at the Fairmont Hotel, you know, here in Santa Monica. It's a very beautiful hotel. And I love the lobby and I'll sit there and have lunch you know, or just hang out, whatever. Sometimes I'll work. Sometimes I'll meet uh, Dr. Aaron and I. (laughs) And so the beautiful thing about that is, is that you don't have to compare your life to someone else's life or say, Ooh, I just will be left out. Put yourself in the environment, go do it yourself. It doesn't even have to cost anything when you're just starting out, but it's getting a sense of an elevated lifestyle. If that's something that you want, But I also wanted to talk about something that you brought up at lunch, speaking about an elevated experience. We were at the Rosewood Hotel in Montecito, one of the most incredible properties, right? You agree. It's stunning. (laughs) Yeah, me too. It's my favorite. It's like, oh, I just want to live here. And I love Montecito very, very much. You put that luncheon together for our friend, but you were very vulnerable. And I remember we were going around the table and we were all kind of sharing what we did for work. And then suddenly you were like in the 
in coaching talk in the hot seat, which was nothing but love. So it was like the love seat. And you were just asking for feedback on how do you guys perceive what I do? Like, what do you even think I do? So one by one, and and everyone there was like a high six figure or seven or eight figure earner. So we were all in the same space. We would never tear anyone down. It's only about building each other up. It was a, it was a beautiful, beautiful energy. I've spoken about that here a few times. And just one by one, you just received, received, received. And then especially from James, your husband, man, it was beautiful to watch his reflection of what you do come from his mouth. But I remember you were in the middle of, once again, because this is how it is, we are always trying to innovate and figure out what feels most aligned. What does my community really need? What lights me up the most now? What am I being called into currently that's not a year ago or two years ago? And I could tell you were going through one of those right? Like a shamanic deathing. So what did you discover or come up with after that conversation? And where has it led to now is you're in the middle of some new exciting things? Yeah. I mean, ultimately it had been a good four years since I felt really aligned with what I was doing, which is interesting to admit. And that year in particular, I'd woken up on new year's day and I couldn't breathe. And it wasn't like I needed to go to the hospital, but I had like this, again, inner knowing that I couldn't move forward with this membership that we were literally about to launch and I had to change things. And so I was with two of my friends actually on that day and they're both coaches. And so we did a little session and ultimately realized like I help people love their life. And so I deserve to love mine as well. (laughs) And so for months since then, I was in this space of questioning around what is the business? What is this brand? And ultimately realized that I wanted to come full circle and get back to why I started I Heart My Life. And for years, I'd been pigeonholed as this person who just works with coaches. And so I was literally about to launch a membership just for coaches. And I realized like, that's not what I Heart My Life is about. You know, there are plenty of people who should start businesses, but there are a lot more who shouldn't. And I don't want to just speak to people who want to have a business. I want to speak to women who want to create a life that they love. And that could be through a variety of different avenues. And I want to support them in having holistic success. And what we've seen in our work over the last seven years is like strategy and business is a very small part of creating a life that you love. You need the mindset, you need the relationships, you need the health. And so we wanted to take I Heart My Life back to what it actually was meant to be all along and kind of get it out of this box that I had honestly put it in years before. You know, I didn't know. And I saw a lot of people coming to me wanting to know how I did what I did. And so I kind of fell into business coaching, but that was never the long-term plan. And I realized I needed to drive this ship, so to speak. I couldn't just wait for it to organically pivot. I needed to take it in the direction it was always meant to go in. I love that story so much. I didn't fully get that because I don't know if you had actually awakened to that completely back in May. It's now August of 2021, but that makes so much sense. I don't know anyone who is in our world, whether you're three years in or seven, eight years in like yourself or Marie Forleo, can you imagine how many reinventions she's had, right? And and what's really true and what's really aligned now is she's, you know, getting older and just looking back. And when I say older, I just mean wiser, right? Like you just get more clear-minded at times, if you're willing, because there could be some fear around, ooh, but this brings in the revenue. And can you really let that go? Because that's how you got to your seven figures or whatever. And something similar happened with me. I ran a mastermind. It was always multiple six figures every time I opened it because it was large, large, large scale. And while that felt so exciting and validating in the beginning, ultimately it was like, 
this is not really what I want to be doing. It's too big. I can't really reach as many people as I truly want to reach, but I love that work. And so I love that you continue to listen and honor the messages coming through that are clearly from your heart. And it just takes you back to your roots again and again and again. But you did mention at the top that you've got a second company that you're in the midst of launching. So can you share about that here and how that is a distinction between I hurt my life for everyone, not just coaches. So ladies, listen up, go follow Emily Williams if you want to get on board for her amazing uh, journey. But what's the other one? Yeah. So the way that we see I Heart My Life is it has the blog and the podcast and e-commerce stuff that we're going to be launching and live meetups and the I Heart My Life live event. And then the coaching and consulting, which is really centered around my favorite type of work, which I know you love as well, is the money mindset pieces and living life based on your desires, specifically for CEOs and executives and women who want to make a lot of money. And so that's really the Emily Williams brand. So I kind of see that one as where people go if they do want coaching, consulting, VIP days to be a part of my luxury mastermind that's specifically for women who are making money. I love this. So you're including everything. Everyone, you get whatever you want, right? You can exactly. be a group of women who are literally designing and creating and implementing a life they truly love from the inside out. But yes, you've got this other, you know, group of women that they want to make a shit ton of cash, you know, and be fulfilled doing it and have ease and pleasure along the way. We can do that too. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, to be honest, like I'm sharing this story in a series of emails and also on my podcast. And I like that you said back in May that I didn't really have that clarity or I hadn't received that yet because that's so true. Like literally every single month, more clarity is coming in. And I wanted to share that because I think so many people like we're waiting for this big aha moment and sometimes it happens, but other times it's over the series of eight months or four years or whatever it is. And you just have to keep receiving and be open and willing to, to hear the guidance. So true. And not compare our beginning to someone else's middle, right? Could you imagine if you didn't start because you're like, oh, I could never do what Marie Forleo is doing, or I could never do, you know, what Gina DeVee is doing, or me, I could never do what Emily Williams is doing, because that's who you were for me. And instead, we flip that on its head and we're like, if she can do it, I can do it. And I do realize, and I, and I, and I wholeheartedly resonated when you said, listen, there are definitely privileges that we have that some women don't have. And so all that withstanding though, yes, at the same time, it's all at the end of the day, hard work, consistent hard work and more hard work, but it doesn't have to be hard, hard. I just mean like clarity, like being willing to be stuck and to be in the spinning out. And this is where I got like, I don't think we're going to have time to really dive into this today, but just this whole, do we stay where we are with, you know, everything that's happening in the world of, you know, I don't know, mandates and lockdowns and all these things. And you and I are both in California, or do we go to a place that might feel a little bit more aligned? Like you originally going to London, like you just felt like you were supposed to go there. It's how I'm currently feeling about Austin and Montana. So I'll keep you posted. But so how did you reconcile that Austin would be the place that you and James would lay down your roots and build your dream house, which is what you're currently doing. So that's such a funny story. It's very similar to what we've already covered. At the beginning of the year, I actually created this group with two of my friends. It's called Babies, Money, and Houses. And we were talking about manifesting all these things. And within a month or so, I was having a conversation with another friend about Austin. And she literally just moved there from LA. And I was asking her a bunch of questions. 
And within 20 minutes, I got on Zillow and contacted this uh, or contacted Zillow and they put me in touch with this real estate agent in Austin. Within an hour, I was on the phone with her talking about house prices and she was educating me in terms of the market and all these things. Within two weeks, we were in Austin looking at different areas. Just again, we, we, you know, we do things like this, but we were like, you know what? It feels interesting. It feels like there could be opportunities here. We should at least check it out instead of having all these preconceived notions of what Texas is. I'd never been there. James had never been there. And so we, we went there and had this three day sort of experience and property after property, neighborhood after neighborhood, they kept telling us there were a thousand people on the waiting list, 500 people on the waiting list. And so we were like, okay, well, you know, we can afford this, but is it actually going to happen? Then finally, on the third day, we went to a neighborhood that was still selling lots. And we both like kept looking at each other, like, is this really happening? But long story short, we actually purchased property then and there after like years of living in places like London and Santa Barbara, where, you know, a million dollars gets you like a shack and we weren't willing to do that. And again, this could be a whole bigger conversation, but for us, we wanted to have stability. We want to have roots. We want to have an investment property. We want to be in a thriving community with tons of entrepreneurs like Austin. And it just kind of like happened and it happened so easily and effortlessly. And I really feel like, you know, it's one of those moments of flow where you don't have to force something to happen. And sometimes that's the validation that you need that you're on the right path and that there's something there. That's right. I was just reading something. I think it came from Wayne Dyer. I could be wrong, but it talked about how do you know you're on the right path? And it's like the path just keeps opening up. You're just in total flow. You don't question that. <laughs> oh, this is too easy. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's so easy, right? right? Um, man, that's an incredible story. All right, my love, is there anything that we didn't cover that you'd like my listeners to know? I think, you know, we started this conversation talking about how it's safe to start. And, you know, that's my biggest piece of advice is you're never going to know or have the clarity or see what you're capable of unless you just get started. And, you know, you and I both know that that's less about strategy and more about getting your mindset into the place of trust and faith and, you know, being curious about what the next step is going to be and engaging in your one life. And so, I know that your listeners know this, but we only get one opportunity at this. And so really think about what it's going to look like for you to truly love your life and to impact the world and to live out your purpose. You know what? Can I just add something? Because one of the questions that I think F's up so many people, and I know, especially in in our, my community and my listeners is the simple question of what do you want? And then, of course, the next question can only be if someone can't answer that. Okay, well, what do you really want? Most people get so tripped up there that they don't, they just can't even allow themselves to imagine that they could have what they want. So what's the point of even, you know, trying to figure it out? But I love what you just said. Instead of going to what do I want? It's like, how could I love my life even more? What could that look like? What could that feel like? Hmm, you know? And so I start to get these little pictures of like, I'm, I'm working from home and I'm overlooking a lake and there's a lot of green and it feels spacious and private. And it's like this sacred sanctuary for me. But then I've also got like a condo in a city where it's bustling, there's entrepreneurs and like, that's my perfect role. I think it's because I'm an LA girl living in Santa Monica, right? Mountains and serenity, but yet also fast paced can be at the Hollywood Bowl in 20 minutes. So I love that you post it that way because it's another creative, curious way for us to get in alignment with what might be calling us forward if we're just willing to start. So good, Emily. Where's the best place for my listeners to come say hi? 
So we have iheartmylife.com and emilywilliams.com. Excellent. By the way, you guys definitely subscribe, rate and review Emily's podcast, the I Heart My Life show. I might have been on recently. It was a great honor and uh, gorgeous. Good luck to you and all that you're creating and innovating and aligning with. And uh, thank you for inspiring me and so many others around the world to truly heart our lives. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Fire and Soul podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. And if you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at fireandsoulpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.